podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. The day after, we won a game of football. I know I said I wanted us out of the FA Cup, but we won a game of football. And we played a midfield that actually worked. And as a result of the midfield working, the entire team looked somewhat competent. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not rocket science. If you have a midfield that functions, your team can function. If you have a midfield that does not function, your team will not function. If your midfield has a gaping hole defensively, your defence will be exposed. If you have a midfield that does not supply anything to your front line, your front line will be starved of service. Last night, Liverpool lined up away to Wolves with Cuevin Kelleher and goal which was really nice to see that Jürgen gave him the start. James Milner at right back. Ibu and Joe Gomez at centre-back. Costa Simicus at left back. Nabi Keita. Stefan Besetic, whose name I'm sure I'm butchering. And Thiago Alcantara in midfield. Harvey Elliott right wing. Cody Gakpo through the middle. And Fabio Carvalho left wing. And it was obvious immediately that this midfield was going to function the way a midfield should function. Keita, Alcantara and young Steph just went about winning the ball back, keeping possession, moving the ball forward, protecting the defence. From minute one, it was obvious the midfield was working. Harvey Elliott opened the scoring And by open the scoring, I mean scored the only goal of the game. On 13 minutes, picking the ball up in his own half from a Thiago crossfield ball, driving into the Wolves half and just deciding to just let loose from about 25 yards out. A vicious dipping shot gave Jose Sa no real chance. It's an outstanding goal. Elliot looked so much more comfortable in the front three than he did in the midfield three. Because Harvey Elliott is a winger. Now, whether he has the pace or not to play in the front three long term remains open to debate. It might not be as much of an issue when you have the pace of Darwin through the middle. Like Bobby never had great pace, but we had Mo and we had Salah. Maybe Harvey, Darwin and Diaz is something that could work long term. Not something we need to worry about for now. But for certain, Harvey's much better off playing in the front three than he is in the middle three. I thought the defence looked strong. I thought Milner had a good game. I thought Costas had a solid game. 
I thought the two in the middle were very, very good. I thought Ibu and Joe Gomez were excellent. As a pairing, I thought it worked really well. And that's the pairing that should stick until Virgil comes back. Because you get Ibu on his stronger side. You get the recovery pace of Joe Gomez. And I think when Gomez is between Ibu and the left back and not at right back where he has to step out wider, I think he's more comfortable. I thought he looked very, very comfortable last night. I thought in the last 10 to 15 minutes, both of them stood up. He had moved to right back at that point. Matt Phillips had come on for Milner, which caused us a bit of an issue. But overall, I thought Gomez and Kanate were very, very good as a pairing and as individuals. I thought the midfield were all excellent, genuinely. Thiago, it goes without saying, he just he's a different class of player. But the other two were just tremendous. Naby Keita was aggressive. He was dynamic. He was clever with his use of the ball. He was everything we need in that right-sided role. That's what Naby was bought to do as one of our eights. And it's just an awful shame that it hasn't worked out because... If it had worked, we'd likely have a lot more trophies to our name. The kid at at number six. Talk about maturity. Talk about talent. Like, there were moments where he was being pressed and he just Cruyff turned his way out of it. Or he just dropped his shoulder, did the Thiago turn, found his way out of it. There were no aimless hoofs down the pitch. There was nobody shouting at their teammates when they made a mistake. There was nobody abandoning their position to go and do something stupid and leaving others exposed. There was just really good, competent midfield play. And I would be fine with this midfield rolling into the Chelsea game. Now, my expectation is that Fabinho will step in for Vesetic, and I think that's fine. But Naby and Thiago have to play every game while they can. It's as simple as that. It was notable last night that two players were left out of the squad completely. A 20-man squad picked by Jürgen. Two players just completely omitted. Trent and the captain and no word on why they weren't there. Fabinho came off the bench. Salah came off the bench. Curtis Jones came off the bench. Nat Phillips came off the bench and Ben Doak came off the bench. And once again, just looked absolutely fearless. Just looked like it didn't matter to him that he's 17 and these are grown men just came on and did his thing. Now, we should point out, it wasn't a full-strength Wolves team. They've got the first-choice keeper, but they only had one of their first-choice back four, that being Nathan Collins. Lembekisa isn't the first-choice right-back. He's about the third-choice right-back. Tony Gomes is the third-choice centre-back. 
and Johnny Castro is probably the third choice left back. The second choice left back was playing left wing. Adama's not part of the strongest 11. Young Joe Hodge had a really good game against us the first time and earned his start, but he's not Matthias Nunes. So the Wolves lineup did favor us. But again, we're not close to full strength either. No Ali, no Trent, no Robbo, no Virgil, no Fab, no Salah, no Diaz, no Darwin. So we're, and no Jota, who, you know, could be a starter. We're without a number of players as well. They also brought on some starters. They brought on Pedence, they brought on Cunha, they brought on Semedo, they brought on Nunes, and they brought on Diego Costa. And I was really, really excited about the possibility um, of Diego Costa and Nat Phillips just booting each other up in the air at the same time and seeing what happened. Um, We got a couple of little moments, but the collision I was looking for wasn't quite there. But overall, you have to be delighted with the performance and with the results. Now, the only negative of the result is it does mean that we have to go to Brighton again uh, on the 29th. That's a Sunday. It's a 1.30 kickoff. Um, but look, it can't be as bad. And maybe some, maybe some ghosts can be excised there. Maybe you can go there and and shake off the dirt that was piled on top by our own players in the league game. But between then and now, we've got Chelsea at home in the league, and you would hope that Jurgen has learned that somebody can't be put in midfield anymore. You would hope that he will, he will have learned. Now, he clearly hasn't learned some lessons because he came out after the game and said he wants to give Firmino a new contract. Um, Bobby, look, Bobby has just, he has passed his best, well past his best. He hasn't been, he hasn't been particularly good for the last three and a half seasons. For being really honest, there's runs of form but from an August to May standpoint, he hasn't been particularly good since we won the Champions League. He did iffy season the year we won the league. He was flat out poor the year after. And he was dreadful last season except for one spell. This season he had one spell and he has been poor otherwise. And he's getting injured more and more and more. Like Bobby always seemed like he had that Suarez and Salah gene where he just didn't get hurt. But now the injuries are racking up and this injury he has now was meant to be a couple of days injury. And now he's been out for what a month. And I know Jürgen says, Oh, well, the medical team told me this and told me that, but it doesn't matter what the medical team tell you. He just keeps getting injured. Last season, Bobby had four different injury problems. And missed 25 games through injury. Like 25 games, that's an awful lot of games to miss. 18, 19, he had a couple of injuries as well. The COVID year, he had a couple of injuries. Since that injury that hampered him in the Champions League final... He just hasn't looked like the same player. He 
he'll be 32 in October. It's time to say goodbye to Bobby Firmino, as, as brilliant as he's been. And there's very few people who've been a bigger fan of Bobby than me. I was delighted when we signed him. He was one of the names that I brought up multiple times. I was told he was not very good when we signed him first. I remember somebody on a certain website calling him elegantly shite. Still haven't retracted that claim, by the way. Might have just deleted the article. But that fellow was was brilliant for the period we needed him to be, be to be brilliant in. But unless he's willing to take a significant pay cut in a one-year deal, there's just no reason that you keep him. Jürgen needs to stop being so sentimental. Sentimentality will kill a team, especially when they're trying to work on a small budget. We can't afford to be paying Bobby and Henderson and Milner a combined 500 grand a week as we are right now. We just can't. That's 25 million a year. Even if Bobby accepts his wages being cut in half, it's too much. You made one massive mistake on the Henderson contract. Don't make another one. We're only two years into that disaster. We've got two more years to put up with. We'll run around the main Liverpool websites and have a quick look. Uh, Harvey Elliott lights up win with Jurgen Klopp facing big selection calls. Klopp's changes pay off as Elliott steps up. Five talking points from Wolves nil Liverpool 1. We have player ratings from the game last night. Kelleher a 6. Sorry, Kelleher a 7. Milner a 6. Ibu an 8. Gomez a seven, Costas a six, Basitich and Nabi both seven, Thiago eight, Harvey Elliott eight, Carvalho five. I think that's a little bit harsh. Cody Gakbo five. Again, I think that's a little bit harsh. Especially when you're giving Nat Phillips and Curtis Jones sixes for what they did when they came on. I think they're a little bit harsh. But overall, I think they're they're quite good ratings. Uh, Darwin Nunes injury update as Jurgen Klopp reveals hope for Chelsea. We'll need Darwin for Chelsea. Not playing him last night was the right thing, regardless of where he stands. I've been judged, says Harvey Elliott. Listen, everybody has couched it with the fact that it was not your fault that you couldn't perform in midfield. You're not a midfielder. Don't get too head up about it. Just speak to the manager and tell him to stop playing you out of position. So, who put this together? Henry Jackson does this every so often. He gets the player ratings from a bunch of different places. Uh, this is Anfield, the Echo, Sofa Score, Foot Mob Stats, and uh, this is Anfield Readers, and works out the average. And uh, these people that read This is Anfield gave Naby Keita 6 out of 10. Like, seriously. That's just one or two gobshites giving him a purposely low rating. Because they can't abide the fact that he should be in the team over the hero. 
Liverpool.com, Harvey Elliott could could force permanent Liverpool change. Four things spotted, player ratings, Thiago emerges for Liverpool as two Jurgen Klopp transfer decisions begin to pay off. Three Liverpool problems will be gone and by will be gone by in six months. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm just so baffled by the lack of ability to edit things. Um Qatar Sovereign Wealth Fund makes friendly claim as FSG dismisses Liverpool takeover talk. Uh this is the Media Digest. Klopp doubles down on Liverpool contract stance. This is about Bobby. Qatar weighing up investments, according to Bloomberg and others. FSG dismisses speculation. Well, FSG don't dismiss anything. There's a piece by Burgerhead in The Athletic, which refers to senior Anfield sources, of which he has none and hasn't had for years. And it's just a regurgitation of what was in The Echo the other day. about how FSG are increasingly keen to sell just a small portion. Well, let's be realistic here. Would If you wanted to sell 20% of your business, would you pay hundreds of thousands and millions to the two largest banks in the world to find you a buyer? I really don't think that's something you do. So we'll just ignore what that fella has to say, because he hasn't been right about anything since he got himself in a little bit of trouble while the lads were in Alcatraz a couple of years back. You remember the trip where Sacco got in trouble? Yeah, someone else got in trouble on that trip as well. On AnfieldIndex.com, we have a new piece up by David Davis. Just regarding Klopp's press conferences and the embargo sections, how they've been a little bit dull, but there's been a little bit more in one or two recent ones. Uh, there's another new article coming out today, I think, that's meant to be absolutely outstanding. And then we've got some new podcasts, new Liver Birds, new Under Pressure, new Pro Plus, Raw last night with Guy and Stephen Beaumont, so check that out. There is a another Pro Plus coming today. I'm recording with young Grizz can in about an hour and a half. So that, that should be out today. There'll be a Moby on the spot probably tomorrow and there will be a scouted probably today as well. So there's loads and loads and loads and loads and loads. So keep yourselves occupied and like just ignore what, what Jimbo has to say because it's just easier for you because what he says is nonsense. Simple as that. If he told me the sky was blue, I'd want to go out and check for myself. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows.
Social Podcast Network.